Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Escape the Ordinary with Green and Black's Organic Chocolate, sponsor of the Women's Podcast. A rich, intense chocolate to savour. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Happy Bank Holiday Monday to you. Another strange one, it has to be said, but it is a beautiful day and I've left the window of my bedroom open. So if you hear any dogs barking or birds singing or anything, that's what's going on. I just wanted the air in. It has been gorgeous. We've just been for a beautiful cycle around the city and um, definitely feels like there's a sense of possibility in the air and perhaps a little bit of light at the end of the pandemic tunnel this gentle and slow lifting of the lockdown restrictions um, that have been talked about. The really big news, I think we can all agree, is that on July 20th, hairdressers are allowed to open. And really, that day should be made a holy day of obligation. Our thoughts and prayers here on the Women's Podcast are with you as you navigate grey roots, split ends and balayage gone very wrong. Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach, had to get his notes out on The Late Late Show, and I can't say I blame him. This is a very unusual and complex situation for anyone to lead a nation through. By June, we'll be able to hug members of our family living in other houses. That's if we live close enough to them. Our 2K is going to become 5K. And gradually, gradually, the freedom that the virus has robbed us of will be given back. But we are going to be back into a world that is very different from the perspective of the lives lost, the economy, unemployment and a whole host of damage done to children, to women, to teenagers. It's going to leave a mark of some kind on everybody and there will be plenty of lessons to be learned as well. And we'll be reflecting on those over the coming weeks and months on the Women's Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about what it's no exaggeration to call water cooler television. We'll have that normal people conversation for you in a moment. But first, we want to say thanks to those listeners who've been joining us for the women's podcast, Big Night In. We've had them every second Saturday for the last few weeks with Marion Keyes and with Deirdre O'Kane on Zoom. And now we want to give 10 listeners a chance to join us for our next one. Now, I can't tell you who the guest is because it's top secret until I think Wednesday, but it's just that she is a much loved celebrity who brings joy wherever she goes. And that's a little tiny hint. Now, it's an event for Irish Time subscribers, but we want to make sure some listeners get to join. So we've 10 tickets to our very special Zoom event up for grabs. And I know some of you are subscribers as well, so you can get a chance to join that way. But if you want to get the tickets from us, all you have to do is this. We are preparing one of our themed episodes and we want you to take part. 
send us a voice memo. Now, if you don't know how to do a voice memo, ask a kind younger friend to help. The uh, In the voice memo, we want you to tell us briefly what you do or what you used to do and what you're up to at the moment. And then tell us what you are most looking forward to doing when lockdown is lifted. So it could go something like this. My name is Roisin Ingle. I am the presenter of the Irish Times Women's Podcast and I live in Dublin with my partner and my two children. What I'm most looking forward to when lockdown is lifted is going into my mother's bedroom and giving her a huge hug, maybe on her bed if she'll let me snuggle in there. And I'm looking forward to going to my friends' houses for table tennis, for singing, for lovely meals and like all the things that you're looking forward to too. So so it's something that we want you to tell us what you're most looking forward to after lockdown is lifted and if you send us a voice memo to the women's podcast at irishtimes.com, we'll get you a ticket for our next big night in, which is happening on Saturday, May 9th. Now, it's the talk of the nation, the TV adaptation of the hugely successful Normal People by Sally Rooney, produced by acclaimed Element and directed by Lenny Abrahamson and Hetty MacDonald. Normal People tells the story of two young secondary school students in rural Ireland, Connell and Marianne, who are from very different backgrounds, but who begin an intense teenage relationship that carries on and off through their student days in Trinity College. There's a lot of riding in it. And if you listen to Liveline, you'll know all about that. But that's not why it's been raved about all over the place, even in England, despite the very Irish context of the story. It's universal, really, for the way it tackles young love, warts and all. And to talk about it, we had Ema McLeisett, one of the authors of the Ashling books, and journalist Jen Gannon. So here we are on Zoom talking about the brilliant normal people. Jen and Emer, thank you very much for coming on the Women's Podcast to talk about normal people. Emer, what's been your take of it? Because there is so much talk about this programme. It's unreal. Well, <laughs> to say I've been floored is an understatement. It's been percolating in the back of my mind for quite some time now because I'm working with Element Pictures at the moment and Element Pictures obviously made normal people. So we were working with some of the same people. So there was just little like, oh, they're filming that today. And oh God, I wonder how that scene will go. So it was always in the back of my mind. And I was always like, God, if it's shite now, I won't be like, what will I say? How will I lie? <laughs> Luckily, it's amazing. I got to see the first four episodes kind of a few days early just because of that connection. And I couldn't get over how good it was. And I was like, is it just me who thinks it's good? Am I being biased? I felt like a teenager. I felt like an old woman all at the same time because I felt like a lot of regret and loss and yearning for my teenage years. And also that I was very glad I wasn't a teenager and I wasn't going through that. Like that when you're those first loves and that first, like it's so important. And, but to everyone else, it's just kind of silly. And it's only when you look back at it through the lens of this, what Sally Rooney has done, you're like, no, it's it's really important. Uh, Jen, what about you? Do you you're, we're all nodding here because we're on Zoom and we can see each other and we're nodding away. You, you, do you have that same sense of what um, Emer just described as kind of yearning? It's, I think it's the right word. I did. And I think, weirdly enough, like I wouldn't have been a massive fan of the book, but I feel like the t- I knew that it would lend itself, though, really well to a TV production. Um, and I just think because it's so dreamy and less clinical uh, than the book. Um, and I think that's what is really just engrossed me. And also, yeah, totally like Emer just brings you back to all those feelings. And I really love that, like that it is so important, those relationships and like they're never really 
analyzed in a proper way on like teen soaps they're kind of dismissed as like young love or puppy love or teen you know in that kind of teen soap way like they're not real relationships so I love the fact that this is so in-depth that it's just gorgeous and it's gorgeously shot and it makes Ireland look so sexy which is just a weird thing but also it's so nice to like have that recognition like the relatability on screen where you see like the crap debs and you can almost like smell those chicken volivances and like the super value bags like it's super value are now so iconic they're, it's a, their year like between normal people and Matt Damon uh, they've made super value so chic like it's hilarious um, and I love that I love that representation that young Irish people can see themselves reflected on screen because we don't we don't usually get that and that's such a huge deal I think and I think that's why so many people are just hooked into it because we never really get to see that and we're dying for it we're hungry for it we have to talk about the two leads because I think they are crucial to to the believability and the fact that we're all just sucked in and it feels so real so Paul Meskell and Daisy Edgar Jones are just uh, and she's English so I was kind of all prepared to be really looking listening for the accent the dodgy Irish accent but it's spot on isn't it Emer? Absolutely. Like there's a couple of tiny slips, I think maybe in the first episode, but she gets away with it because she's kind of a West Brit anyway. So <laughs> it kind of works. Her accent is amazing. Don't think cool is the first word most people would associate with me. What would that be then? I don't know. <laughs> Annoying. Obnoxious. Argumentative, definitely. <laughs> there's sentences she says that are so Irish like they're just so how you would address a friend and she just has the inflection um, down amazing and he is a revelation like I when I was watching it I felt like somehow he had been so perfectly scripted yet it seemed like he was improvising almost every line which is an incredible skill it just felt like he was just the character and he was just talking normally and he wasn't reading a script and he hadn't learned any lines and he was just like he is magnetic you were saying the other day that you like me but by the photocopier you said it yeah yeah did you mean like as a friend or what and what do you think jen yeah i mean he just came alive for me like and my mom, who is Ireland's greatest critic, I think, uh, she watched it and I was so nervous for her to watch it because it's not her thing. Like she likes a good murder. So no murders in this. But uh, she did ring me afterwards just to highlight the fact that she loved him. She was like, my God, he's amazing. She's like, it's like it's not even acting. It's just him. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's so good. Like he is a star. I'm, I can't imagine he's going to go stratospheric. Like after this, it's going to be insane. And I know Emer was talking about on uh, Twitter before the, the chain. Connell's Chain. Oh, Connell's Chain. I'm in a WhatsApp group called Connell's Chain. <laughs> there is like a, an article in the cut about yeah. just a, like a, a whole tribute to this chain. You need to tell people about the chain who maybe haven't seen normal people yet. <laughs> he wears well, kind of a very simple silver chain throughout. And I think it is in the book, isn't it? It's referenced. It is, yeah. And there is some, I found myself very early on comparing it to, if anyone ever saw My So-Called Life, and Jared Leto used to wear essentially a black shoelace around his neck for the entire <laughs> series. So much so that all the girls in my school then started wearing black shoelaces around their necks. But I feel like, even if it's just for me, that Connell's chain is a throwback to Jared Leto's black shoelace around the neck. It's just, there's something unbelievable about it. What is it? 
What is it, Jen? Because it's it's something that, you know, in some ways, a, a young fellow with a chain around his neck, there's a certain sort of, you could, some people might think it's common or look down on it, but somebody put all those things together, him with his amazing look and this relationship. And then obviously we're seeing the chain because they get naked quite a lot. So that's <laughs> it's, it's like this thing where it's like, you know, because he's so masculine and he's a GAA player and you see that and he's hanging around with the lads, lads, lads. But then with this, you know, secret world that him and Marion have together, when he takes the top off, he has like this almost feminine quality to him with this chain and a vulnerability about him. And he, for me, I always think that it was something that his mom gave him. I have a whole backstory in my head about that because I love the relationship between him and his mom. And I think Sarah Green is phenomenal in this. And I know there has been a whole thing because I was shocked about how young she is in this. Or maybe it's just the fact that I'm of that age now where I'm like, oh my God, I'm the mom age. Am I the mom age? Like, so that was huge for me as well. But I do think it is this thing where you're hooking into this, like that secret world that they have together and the chain is part of that. You're going to have to talk about the sex and we will in a minute because there's been quite the, the conversation going on. Um, never mind live line, just generally. It's not the kind of thing you want to watch if you're anyway squeamish. We've got people that you don't want to be watching sex scenes with, but we'll talk about that in a second. But I'm interested in something you said, Dima, about how the kind of yearning and regret. So for me watching it, God, I, I totally related to what you said because I really was transported back and in a good way and a bad way. Like there was that, I could actually feel the feelings that I had when I was that 15, 16, 17 year old in these really intense kind of feelings about people and crushes and all that. And also I could feel the horror of it, but also the, be the beauty of it and the, the innocence of it and the kind of, and like you said, importance of it. It took me right back there. And I think for everyone, it's different. You know, when they go down to the dunes and they're sitting, like I literally have an image of myself sitting on sand dunes with this young fella, you know, and it, it was just incredible how something can do that to you. I think I just related to it. It just, it brought, I think the reason I feel regret is because I think I had relationships you know intense relationships like that when I was younger and didn't handle them well yes they didn't they, you know they, they didn't progress awesome. I mean Connell and Marianne's relationship is not easy by any stretch of the imagination and they go through a lot but I just thinking back to like lovely boys I knew and I was such a little wagon <laughs> like it just made me really want oh if I could go back and do it all again would I do it differently and you know what did I let my Connell go <laughs> and but it just it was so beautifully done um the lack of communication between them his particularly his lack of communication he just cannot get out what he wants to say and it's not his fault you know it's just who he is and he's a beautiful deep person but just can't articulate that all the time Jen, what about you? Did you have that same feeling? Definitely, but I think more along the lines of that horrible feeling of self-hatred or shame that Marianne has. And I really like so much felt that bit where those pieces where she's walking down the corridor and has to see those group of lads that tear her apart. Like, and I felt that really deeply because when I was in school or like around boys of that age, I was always terrified to see a pack of boys talking at the end of the road or and to walk past them because we knew they were going to tear you asunder. And that feeling that I really got that anxiety, I felt it so much when they do the long shot of walking down the corridor. And I was like, oh my God, my heart was breaking for her. And especially when, you know, Connell's friend insults her and he, and then, you know, he doesn't defend her. He doesn't say anything. I was like, I was dying inside for her. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I've been in that situation so yeah. many times. And I love the idea of 
the power dynamics that it lends to it, like the power dynamics of teen love and those first relationships where, you know, he too quickly says to her, is happy when she says, oh, do you want to keep this a secret? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of, and she's so disappointed because she wants him to kind of maybe not agree so readily to it. And I think, you know, for any awkward kind of, you know, Irish girl that wasn't very comfortable in themselves, like you can totally relate to that and, and feel that kind of sadness, that deep sadness. And I love that it doesn't minimize it or shy away from it. It's it's a big deal. And it is a big deal for girls growing up. I think. Yeah, I, I, everything, you, everything you just said there, Jen, like I totally agree. I mean, I have, to, I have an image of me walking past a certain place near where I lived and there was always a gang of fellas there. And it was almost like sometimes I just wouldn't go out because I knew yeah. it, would, it was. The, so I think that's what's so clever about what Lenny Abrahamson and Hetty MacDonald have done. That even though it's about these two very young people, a very specific thing, a town in rural Ireland, it has this universality that is incredible. Who would have thought it? Like, who would have thought that there's people in England watching this, totally getting it and feeling it? And th- that's what I feel so, like, proud of it, even though I've nothing to do with it. But I, you know, as an Irish person, I feel like, yeah, look at this. Look what we've done, you know? Yeah, as Jen was saying earlier, it made, it's made Ireland look so beautiful and so sexy. And a friend of mine who had watched it said it was like they put a filter over the whole country. And I remember one of my first reactions after I'd seen it was I was trying to think of a word to describe it. And I came up with an awful word and it was damp. And the- <laughs> because it is quite grey, but it's a nice grey. I don't no, know. It's almost pungent. Like you can almost smell the screen. And it was just, you know, that, that I can't remember the name, but that word for when the smell of the ground just after it's rained. Yeah. Feel like normal people smelled like <laughs> and it's like the smell of like the school and kind of lunches that are been left too long and you know prefabs like that kind of dampness yeah that's a great way to describe it you are listening to the women's podcast brought to you by green and black's organic chocolate chocolate to savor Okay, let's talk about sex, babies. Um, listen, did you listen to Liveline this week? I mean, I think the whole country, because we're all gagging for something that's not to do with COVID-19, and everyone turned on the radio. It sort of spread like wildfire. Well, I imagine it was like something you would expect to see in a porno movie. Well, Certainly what, not for family view- viewing. What, what would you see in you a know? porno movie, Mary? Well, I don't know, because I never well, watched one. I've just imagined. So, I mean, basically, just to tell people who maybe didn't hear about it, uh, this guy, Tommy, went on. Well, first of all, a woman went on. I don't know her name, but then Tommy came on, basically giving out about the fornication in normal people and how it was disgraceful and how the morals it showed bad morals in young people. I mean, it was stuff that we, I thought we kind of got rid of or we didn't realize was still there. It's kind of like stuff that you'd hear on the Late Late Show in vintage sort of 80s kind of time or 70s. Is it, is it the right message? I wouldn't like a daughter of mine to be engaging in a sexual promiscuity before she gets married. You well, know? Where's the, where's the, hang on, uh, hang on. It's, with, it's with one person. It's too. Well, there's it's no. There's morally no, there's wrong. No, it's it's fornication. Okay. Okay. It's, it's a national broadcaster well, promoting uh, uh, fornication. No, is it? it's not. This guy was not happy about normal people. So, Emer, what did you think? Did you listen to Liveline? Yeah, I heard bits of it definitely, and I'm sure there's so much chat about it. Um, do you know what? I was surprised I didn't see that coming because, as I said, I had <laughs> yeah. I had 
seen um, all of it, I think, at that stage. And I, when I first saw the first four episodes, I was like, people have to warn their mothers that this, they cannot sit down and watch this with them. Like, it's not a lovely new drama on RT. It's not the clinic. Like, you can't, you can't sit down with your mother. And it wasn't just, like, I was like, my people prudish. Like, is that really closed minded me? And then I was like, no. The sex in it is extremely intimate and it's something I think that needs to be enjoyed alone. I don't mean that in a dirty sense. <laughs> your reactions to it are too strong. You're, like I found my emotions were too strong. I was like, I can't, couldn't watch this with anyone. So I was surprised that I didn't predict that Live Line was going to be hopping after the first two episodes aired on RT. But I mean, how disappointing that there are still, I mean, I would like to think it was a very small minority of people who were felt that they could go on the radio and say it was smut. Sex scenes are beautiful. They're so intimate. The consent is handled so amazingly. He is so respectful. She's like, it's just beautiful. There's Jen. What do you think? Did you listen to Live Line? I did. And the thing I loved about it is I loved that there was young people, the youth did us proud because a lot of like young people, young girls especially, rang up to say, hey, this is, you know, your, your, your totally outmoded opinions are completely redundant because as Ember was saying, like the whole conversation around consent is brilliant and so important and done and handled really, really well. And then you had like a dad, they had two dads fighting, the dads were fighting and one of them was saying that he loved it because he sat down with his 17 year old daughter and watched it with her and they had conversations so about around consent and stuff which I thought was amazing then he had another dad going well I, I want my daughter to play a load of tennis I don't want her to have sex which was bizarre um fine but like I loved I just love the fact that the Irish the young Irish women especially came to bat for the show and we're like flooding live lines with calls just saying no way and I love that the depiction of sex is like sex without fear and nasty consequences without guilt and that's normal like that is your yeah, average and, experience like and Jen like that's the thing I found as well because as much as we all have I'm sure and we don't need to go into but I've all had bad experiences right we've all had things that aren't the most pleasant but we've also had a lot of very good Connell and Marianne type experiences as well but those things don't get the airtime because yeah. they're not as kind of fascinating and as dark but actually let's hope that like you know most of the sex going on among young people especially now is like that kind of sex has got those lovely uh, boundaries and you know what I just I found that it's made me hopeful it made me happy and even though it's set a little bit I mean it's a few years ago really is it Emer that it's set I think it's kind of late mid to late noughties I think yeah so it's not exactly right now but it feels to me like that beginning of that time when young people were like she's such a feminist Marianne obviously and she's read so much and you know you wouldn't be doing anything to you know to her that she wasn't uh wanting to have done to her and we can maybe talk about that later as well but but um, also I, I love the fact that like Connell's mom is such a feminist and they have that conversation where she's like don't treat this girl badly and I loved that and you know I didn't bring you up to be like that and that was one of the things that really hit me emotionally like when I watched it and I did get goosebumps because I was like this is great and I want to see more of this on screen where you have this working class single mother instilling these brilliant views to her son and making him a sensitive caring person and you don't get to see enough of working class people depicted like that on tv still to this day like which is oh, why I, I think it's so brilliant to see it that's a great point Jen as well um I mean the other thing is it's interesting you say you didn't really like the book I mean I absolutely loved the book but this uh tv adaptation has 
I don't know. It's broad. It, it, I mean, sometimes we watch things, adaptations of things, and it's really a disappointing because it's like you don't get it. This seems to not only get it, but elevate it further and make it even richer. That's mm. incredible, like what, what they've done, really. I did enjoy the book. Wasn't a massive fan of conversations with friends, you know, just just the characters, none of them were very likable. And, you know, that was that. But I remember reading uh, Normal People on a grim Ryanair flight. Do you remember those? <laughs> and crying at the end of it. I couldn't really remember much about the book. And I was like, it's just them dancing around each other for a few years. And that's kind of, and then when I was, as I was watching it, it all came flooding back. And I was like, oh, gee, they have done this so well. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I think it's, um, for me, like the book, it was hard for me because I just find that the writing can be really humorless. And I think that's something that the show also it, it, there's no humor in it and that kind of that's the only thing that I would say that it's 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 not great on like there's no friends that are even funny and I find to have a, a depiction of Irish life without anyone with a sense of humor is bizarre to me but that's just the way the book was the book has there's no humor in the book it's devoid of jokes basically so if you want to laugh go elsewhere but, and, but like <laughs> other than yeah, that yeah. That's why Lenny and Co. and Element are now going to make the Ashling thing. <laughs> the other side. From one extreme to the other. Either, if I was you and I was having them making my story, I would just be so happy now having seen You know, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure to live up to the success of normal people. Yeah, no, it's great. No, we, we are thrilled to be working with Element. They've been so amazing and our kind of development executive Chelsea that we work with at Element was was heavily involved in Normal People. So it's been, I'm so happy for her that it's been such a success because she's so amazing to work with and she's worked so hard on it. And I know they all have. And, you know, there, it's a big gamble taking a very, you know, successful book like that, a very sparse book, like not that much happens in it and turning it into something so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Daisy Edgar Jones might make a good Ashley, but she'd need to put on a few pounds really, wouldn't she? Yeah, and I mean, if we, I mean, I know Marianne is Irish and Daisy isn't, but I don't know. Could we have a non-Irish Ashling? I just don't know. <laughs> is it too early to talk about casting, um, Emer? For it, yeah, yeah, no casting has been done or anything. Um, there are some names flying around. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you what they are. <laughs> but, well, I have wanted from the beginning Shauna Kerslake to be Ashling. Oh yeah, yeah, she's great. Um, there's you know names there's there's dream dream team names there's you know well imagine that it was that person or imagine we got this person but you know we haven't got a director for it yet so I think that comes first and then um casting and all that okay uh well look just back to normal people I um I've only watched two episodes which I've just loved and I'm kind of going to watch it uh I, I haven't figured out how to watch it binge watch it but I'm sure you can somehow jiggery pokery <laughs> I'm not I just can't bother with the jiggery pokery of enough going on so I'm just going to do that very old-fashioned thing of watching it week by week which I think is it's going to be something to look forward to and it's nice it's on Tuesday nights on RTE isn't it yeah so final words on on the show if people just haven't got into it yet why should they watch that could be Glana Del Rey's song. It's like, you know, it is summertime sadness. It's so like melancholy and it's, you know, it's like memories pieced together. You don't see everything and it's what it conceals is as important as what it reveals. And you're getting something that I don't think we've ever seen on Irish TV before. It, you get this really in-depth relationship like unfolding in front of your eyes and it feels so personal. You almost feel like, you're blushing because you're intruding on this relationship. That was nice. 
<laughs> Alright, what are you laughing for? Nothing. Well, you're acting like you've never been kissed before. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> to explore contemporary young people's lives in contemporary Ireland, we need more of that on the screen. And I think it's a job well done, so well done. And you can't help but not get swept away by it. You really can't. And I love that it's event telly. And I love that people are uniting and sitting down to watch this like every week, like you were saying, if you parse it out like that. It's so exciting. And I'm delighted that there's something that we can all watch and feel like we can relate to, which I love. Yeah. Amor, final words from you. Yeah. I just think there is something for everybody to learn from normal people, no matter what age they are, no matter what background they've had, there is something in it for everybody. It's like a perfect storm of writing and acting and characters and music and beauty and film. You know, it's just, everything has come together to create this just perfect. And the, the episodes are half an hour and they're the perfect length. They don't feel too short. They don't feel long because they're, you know, they're only 30 minutes and there's 12, oh, they're, it's just amazing. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a rave from us. I'm afraid we've got no dissenting opinions here, but I think you'd want to, there's want to be something. I don't know how anyone could not like it. I mean, I get if you're, if you really have a very strong sort of um, Catholic Christian moral viewpoint of the world, that, that the kind of just normality of the sex will upset you. And I do understand that. But I think apart from that, there's nothing to not like about it. It's a stunning piece of work. Mm beautifully acted beautifully told and I mean we have to should say as well that Sally Rooney was the co-writer on on it yeah. as well, did the script so she's she's well able to turn her hand to the script writing which is something I know Emery you're having to do as well which I am in awe of Sally like it's really difficult script writing is very difficult um yeah so she has done an amazing job yeah. and she did it with um Alice Birch who did the amazing film Lady Macbeth um and I just think she's also so, such a talent um, and I love the work that they've done together. And I think it was like Marco Rowe did stuff as well for who did the Howie the Rookie is. And I just think that it's such a, a showcase for what you can do and how you can adapt something for yeah. the screen um, really well. And they've done such an, an amazing job. Brilliant. Well, everyone needs to go and watch it who hasn't watched it. And thank you very much for coming on and talking about it. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for today. Thanks very much to my guests, Emer McLeisett and Jen Gannon. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Acast and all good podcast apps. And if you want to get in touch, we're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or email us on the Women's Podcast at irishtimes.com. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, thanks very much for listening. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.